crack ass of dawn every morning, I just hear, ah! like, literally, like, lion roars coming out from one end, and then I hear another roar, and then another roar, and then, and then I'm roaring, and it's just like, the lion had woken up, and then we'd, like, unite in the kitchen and just start, like, hyping each other up, like, bouncing around with energy, uh, throwing each other around. It's hard not to <laughs> testosterone <laughs> flying through the, the air in that sort of environment. I'll say, like, the, the couple lingering. things that we did really well were, like, we were super competitive, right? Like, if you were up before people, you let them know, bro. Like, you that blender went on. You know, somebody's making a protein smoothie, which is hilarious, right? But it's, like... It's like 3.30 a.m. DeForest is about to go run 15 miles and swim 10 miles of training. You, like, we like couldn't sleep after that, right? Because I'm like, now I got to go hit the gym because he's hitting the gym. I'm going to keep saying it. Pay your fucking dues. It's the name of the goddamn podcast. We've definitely paid our dues. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, bros and hoes. My name is Ash Kennedy. And after a break of a few weeks we are coming back to you live with another episode of pay your dues as usual make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button if you are new here and also make sure to pay your own dues by subscribing to the only fans for exclusive access to that visual podcast onlyfans.com slash pay your dues the link is in the description after the long-awaited break here i actually have some reconnections with some old college town friends from four years ago is it yeah it's been four years uh, yeah would the two of you like to uh go ahead and introduce yourselves tell me uh tell me your name tell me where you're from tell me where you're living now and uh tits or ass i'll, I'll start this one off uh good good to reconnect ash uh we, we go like, way back back into the university of iowa days uh, we were part of the, the same fraternity. My, my name is Cambridge. I was born and raised Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Moved not that far to go to the University of Iowa. Did that for undergrad. Also went there for pharmacy school. That, that's honestly where we connected and, and crossed paths. I've since uh, completed a postdoc fellowship out in New Jersey. So that's where I'm currently at right now. Hoboken, New Jersey. And looking forward to, to reconnecting. You didn't answer the last oh. question. <laughs> just... If you're, if this you're isn't willing. even a question. It's as for sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go next. So my name is Heather. Uh, also, kind of went to school with Ash in Cambridge. Um, I'm just gonna jump into it. I agree with Cambridge. Definitely an ass guy. Now that we got that out of the way, I'll continue with the intro. Um, so. Born and raised kind of in the Chicago area, uh, traveled, lived in D.C. for a couple years, and now I'm officially back in Chicago, probably be in Dallas in the next couple of months. So excited I think to be we here, were, man. We were in the D.C. area at the same time, but back in the day, like, I, we, we didn't have problems, but we just, like, weren't close enough that I didn't have your contact information. But it's like I was there, like, at the same time, and you could have been on the podcast, like, a year ago. Dude, we could have done it live. That would have been sick. I, I was hoping to do this one live. Maybe, maybe in a maybe in a few months when uh, because we talked about everybody being back in the Midwest at possibly at the same time. 
So maybe yeah, no, we'll definitely have to do it. We'll have to do one, and we'll have to get uh, we'll have to get Gibson in here too. He's got some funny funny stories to share. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, it's been been a few weeks since getting one of these done. Just been busy with the move, getting stressed out, coming back to the Midwest. It's negative ten degrees here right now. Um, down where I was living at in SoFlo, it I believe is seventy seven right now, which is <laughs> kind of little, just a little concerning. But you know. Most stressful thing was job search, which, as I'd mentioned with, to YouTube right before uh, we got started here, as of a couple of days ago, the job search is over. Dude, congrats, man! That's huge. Finally, get to to get back in the you know game and continue working on your podcast. Yes, the dues have in fact been paid, but. <laughs> I, I, I gotta know is this is a reference to the fraternity, right? They're always like, "Pay your dues, pay your dues, pay your dues." Is this like some extra hidden pun? Well, I, it's yes. funny you ask that because based around fraternity was the original um, dues being paid, but it took it. It wasn't until after actually starting the podcast that I realized how well regarded the term pay your like paying dues is for like anything like people use that actually a lot like my dad was in the military and he's talking about like serving his time he's like yeah so i paid my dues um active duty and then he's talking about like earning like pension and stuff so yeah there's there's plenty of uses for the term pay your dues but i was always going back to just like fraternity use like actual dues that you're paying financially yeah it's really applicable to what you just went through the the job market so one of the things that that i help a, a lot of people do is get fellowships and it's incredibly competitive like one in every 50 pharmacy students ends up, ends up getting the opportunity so one thing i always tell them over and over and this goes for any career path is that you have to pay your dues when creating your resume, doing cover letters, uh, getting letters of reference, nobody likes to do it. it, it uh, quite frankly, it sucks. <laughs> really, it really, it blows. But then you do it over and over and over and, and like, you just put in the work and then you get that, that outcome. Uh, you get, you get the results three months, four months down the, down the line. Right. Yeah. few, few months is definitely, um, an accurate statement. I've been, I've been looking since before I even came back to Iowa. And the, the thing, the thing that I had a problem with was that I have a few years experience outside of college, but I don't have enough to get like in a level two position, but I had multiple opportunities where I interviewed for level one positions and they basically, I don't know if they're just like letting me down easy, but they said I was overqualified for, and it's come on. Like I, I, I need anything at this point. I, I, I would still take it, but it's fine. I got to, Offer with a good company, so I'm looking forward to it, seeing where it goes. Mm -hmm. So Dude, that's exciting. Are you gonna be are you gonna be in person or remote? What's the situation like? It it is hybrid. Okay. I believe okay. it's three hey, days where, in, where, two days locate? out. Where's the location? It's right here in the Des Moines area. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. for now. Only for like however long it takes until I decide if I want to stick around, if I wanted to move somewhere else, which was always the plan of coming mm -hmm. back. Well, we'll link, we'll link up in Dallas sometime this summer. 
So see, this is a six month opportunity. Is is it level one? I yes, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. So jump over to Dallas, get get your level two position, blow up the <laughs> podcast, and then and then we'll go from there. As easy as that. <laughs> <laughs> like that was when we reconnected earlier this week and you were talking about the cost of living in Dallas. I was literally thinking like, what are the odds? That's literally one of the places that I was looking at next because I was looking at Nashville, maybe like Austin, Texas, and then possibly like Scottsdale, but that was probably at the bottom of the list. But then um, I was in an Uber after I, um, from the airport in South Florida and this guy was from Dallas and he said, you can get a one bedroom place close to downtown for like 1200 in Dallas. And I was like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. My, and then buddy I just... has, my, my buddy, he has a two bedroom, two bath in like the heart of downtown Dallas. And he's paying $2,000 a month, has two cars and two parking spots. Like absolutely incredible. And, and basically his job, like if he were to live in the East Coast or something like that, um, he would be paying so much in income taxes that to just live in Dallas covers all of those expenses. Right. It's it's not it's not it's like not even fair. The East Coast is just ridiculous. I mean, I've heard that like Florida was decent like three years ago before the housing market was on fire, but now it's just unreasonable like the salaries pay pretty much the exact same as they do like in like the midwest yeah the salaries pay pretty much the same but the cost of living is like double like my one bed was two grand and i wasn't even like in the city i was like i still i think uh miami lauderdale and stuff like that those are really expensive right now but still tampa florida is like a hidden gem where cost of living's actually really reasonable and there's so much to do there. They've got sporting events, stuff going on all the time. Some of the coolest people I've ever met. So that was definitely on my on my list of places to consider as well, as well as Scottsdale, as you mentioned. Right. Honestly, I kind of like slept on Tampa. I don't. The thing is, if I move back, I don't want to move back somewhere that's like right near where I was previously. Like I, mm. I think I told you about like so like you're you're pretty you're almost in New York City where you're located at. I was yep. telling you about our other friend, my other friend who's um, in uh, Manhattan right now. He lived in Boston before going to New York. So it's like he went from Boston back to Iowa, back to like New York. How far is New York from Boston? Like a couple hours? Three and a half hours. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not like hating on him, but personally, like, if I'm moving back, if I'm moving somewhere else, I don't want to move right near somewhere that I just came from. And they're the same thing. I go to Boston all the time, Cambridge, Massachusetts. <laughs> shout out, shout out to my name. Um, and it's the it's the same stuff that we see here. Everything's overinflated, prices, things like that. Um, everybody's still hyper anal type A personalities, which is great. That's what I am. Um, but if you're gonna move locations, you may as well move all over the place. Uh, I think Hedder did a good job. He went from like Chicago, Iowa type of location out to the DC area. Now he's back in Chicago, but then moving to Dallas. Same with you, Ash. Seems like you've been traveling all all around as well. 
Yeah. A lot of, a lot of that for me, dude, has to do with weather though, dude. I mean, Chicago, like Midwest, man, it's like negative, you know, 10 degrees, whatever. It's going to snow today, mm-hmm. like two feet yeah. or some stupid shit. And I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. So, you know, I just want <laughs> to get to that. I, I, can, I can attest, Hatter likes it freaking warm i was at his place the other day and i, I was sweating his family keeps the ac at 80 degrees i'm sweating i'm sweating right now i keep mine at like 72 so i mean not yeah i'm not a i'm not a big cold fan and honestly this this may be this may sound funny but i'm dead serious i think the cold is starting to catch up with me in my joints and like my back with like lifting and stuff because in Florida with the heat and the humidity, I was good. Now like my back hurts all the time. My shoulders really started hurting this week during like chest day. Uh, Dude, I'm feeling this talk header. Yeah, my, give, my, give this man some advice. Header's had every slip disc back issue, scoliosis. Dude, in, in college, I had like uh, three slip discs in my lower back. I just out of nowhere. Um, and actually like, dude, I couldn't walk cause it like, it messed with my nerves. So for like a six month period, I was in my bed and, uh, Cambridge was like literally popping in my room and like, he would like leave me food and I would just like roll over and just like, I like couldn't get up dude for like literally like six months. So that sounds miserable. Yeah. It was the fucking worst six months of my life. We had to um, walk out of a out of the gym. He tried to do like one thirty five for deadlifts. <laughs> bro, bro. <laughs> was laying was laying in the middle of the rec center, the University of Iowa. Just like guys, I can't, I can't move, I can't move. So we just like hoisted him over our shoulders, walked him back two and a half miles to our house, and then just laid him in bed, or <laughs> <laughs> like feeding him water and protein shakes. <laughs> Help with his recovery. Over the summer, I was playing slow pitch. And I was playing like a left field. You know, a lot of balls going to be coming my way. And I had one that was like, I wasn't back far enough for it. So I was like reaching up to catch it. And I went back. And even like doing that kind of hurts. I think I may have torn my rotator cuff. And I never got it fixed or checked out. Like it's fine most of the time now but there are some times during like shoulder day when i just hit it a little too hard and then it starts hurting mm-hmm. i don't know uh, if any, dude, you've ever messed well, with the i mean you're pull. still making the gains that's what gibson said the, the thing said, is like I, he, he saw you downtown in des moines and he's like <laughs> he's like yo do you remember ash being that big <laughs> And I was like, I don't know, he's a pretty tall dude, but like pretty skinny also. And then and then he's like, No, he's he's big. Like six two, just heaping pile of muscle. To be fair, I was I um I was wearing that night the H and M T shirt and that thing, I don't know what it is, but like for as cheap as it is, it should not fit somebody that well. <laughs> That that has to be We're like all the story shop at H and M boys. Yeah, get get the H and M long T shirt with the scoop bottom. That that thing has short sleeves on it, and it just like contours like to your body perfectly. I don't know how long it's gonna last because it's like ten bucks. It's probably a shit quality shirt. 
but until it until it goes to shit, it's it's looking good. When did you start taking lifting seriously? Because like obviously, what when we were in college, like you weren't yet, you know, super swole, but like, like I'm not. Even, how did I'm that trying happen? to be. I'm trying to like. I don't even want to sound like I'm being humble. Like I, I'm not even like that jacked right now. Relative to where I was, sure, I'm in better shape. Um, I started taking it, it more. Whoa, well, well, Ash, it's not just that your testosterone went from about 300 to. Nine nine fifty. Your voice got three octaves deeper. All of a sudden, uh, you got facial hair lined up. A snapback on like this. This was not the same Ash. You, you well, transformed and developed. So I did have facial hair back then, but the thing is, I was always just like shaving it like two, maybe three times a week because I never actually gave a chance to grow it out it wasn't until like a year later around the same time that i started like actually like lifting more seriously i just decided you know what i'm gonna just let it grow out see what happens that was the first time in my life i'd ever like shave the neck without shaving like the actual my face (laughs) and then it started coming in and i'm like looking at it in the mirror and i'm thinking it's not that bad i'm gonna like keep doing it and see what it happens and then yeah, it just ended up now I know um I mean back then I had to grow it out pretty far so it would look thick. But like now I can keep it pretty short and it still like looks stubbly. It fill it fills all the way in. Yeah. I mean dude, that's that's part of the beard game, man. Like I never had a beard until this last year. Um even though I could probably grow one in like fucking sixth grade to be honest with you, but um yeah, it's just like once you learn, you're like, damn, dude, I kind of want to keep some facial hair forever at this point. Right. And then there's every now and then like it's usually like I want to say every four or five months when I just will restart, shave it off, start new. But every time I shave it off, though, like two days later, I'm I'm just thinking like, fuck, I should have not done that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a, a sense of motivation, though. So recently I started doing what's called the three, four, five challenge. This was developed by Gibson. He's like, let's bench three plates. Let's squat four plates. Let's deadlift five plates. And let's do it as timely of a manner as possible. Now I was about 170 pounds and I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this challenge. So I just started eating as much as I possibly can and just bulked up to 204 pounds within about 45 days. And my, my chin came down came to down. Like here, right? It, it was the Hedrick and Valge. I was, I was a, a fat boy and, and fat tends to go to my face quite, quite quick. So I masked that with a beard because the beard just trims down any uh, excess face fat. Right. But then after I completed the challenge, I, I did the weights. I was like, okay, now I need to cut bad. Because this is prob- probably dangerous amounts of, of fat I'm, I'm holding right now. Uh, shaved it all off just to see how fat my face was and, and look at the double chin. And that's been a, a, an endless motivation to, to cut down. And since since then, I've lost a good 15 pounds. Right. Yeah. I. How long ago was this? Because I, as far as I've known you the last four years that I've ever seen you, you've always been like 
tone and shape? This was like, dude, this was like a month ago, and it was it. I don't care what he says, bro. It sucked for the people around him more than it sucked for him, bro. He, this man was fucking angry. This man was snoring, dude. Like he was at, he crashed in my crib for two weeks, and like I couldn't even sleep, bro. He was snore so loud. I'm like, fucking hate this guy, and he's just like. It's like the fucking worst version of Cambridge, bro. But I mean, he did it, dude. Honestly, I was actually surprised. Cambridge, did you you nail that from like start to finish in like a month? Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to knock it out as soon as possible because to to get to that point, that that amount of weight where I was currently at, if I just did it slowly, it would have taken two years. And I'm like, I, I don't want to bulk for two years. Um, and just waste all that time. I'm, I'm just going to knock it out as fast as humanly possible. So then I can cut back down quick. But with that comes sleep apnea with that comes, uh, diabetes scares with that comes all sorts of things that you, you may not want. Right. Sounds like some, some strong side effects. I don't know if it's for everybody. (laughs) So this, uh, so this uh this blog you guys are doing, it's a pretty recent venture, right? For the, a, for the most part. It's been a long time in the in the in the making. Like we've basically been discussing the material for it for a long time, but it just like we're like, dude, why don't we actually just put it out on the blog? Um so yeah, that's only been about eight weeks. So you guys were talking about over the course of college or like maybe the last few years in college, you guys were kind of building your own types of businesses. What was it um, back in college that motivated you to get into um, build, building your own empire, you could say? Then how did that evolve into uh, starting the blog? Yeah, Cameron, do you want to take a tackle on this first? Yeah. I'll share my yeah, opinion. So, well. he, ultimately, the, the vision has always been the same, and that's asking ourselves who do we want to become and ultimately when we look at people that are in the corporate world versus entrepreneurial that there's a, a, a kind of a gap in skill level there's a gap in communication there's a gap in uh, uh, abilities and by any means like our mission is to help everybody who has a job is in that, that corporate world to be as successful as possible, to develop the, the skill sets and be incredibly valuable so that they get endless promotions, success, um, accolades, while also not selling their time, soul, and energy. But ultimately, w- to answer your question, we, we know we want to, we have business mindset. We're, hung- we're hungry to succeed. And so it only makes sense to while in school, try different things, experiment, try, fail, try, fail, try, fail. I mean, we had plenty of failures, but, but now we've grown and we've understood so many new things that we can apply it to this corporate show blog. Shout out the corporate show.com is, is our, our blog. We have great content. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions and it, it's going to give you this the tools that you need to be as successful as possible in any endeavor. Yeah. Personally, um, 
for me, like back in college, I wasn't even really sure what like entrepreneurship was. Um, I met the guys and, you know, specifically one of them, Gibson was like fixing phones. Right. And he's like, I just remember he'd come home and, uh, he would, we'd go out and he would buy everyone drinks. Like it was a dollar drink. Right. And he would just, but like, he'd be handing out like all right, five drinks for you, five drinks for you. And I'm like, I mean, it's not a lot of money, but also I was like, how does he, how is this kid doing this? You know, like he doesn't have a job. Like, how is he, I, I was like understanding, I was like, how like understanding the economics. And then he introduced me to like the entrepreneurship club at Iowa, which we have, we can share a pretty funny story about how we, uh, fucking kind of got kicked out of there a little bit, but, um, we, so it's like, just like slowly learning. It was never kind of like a grand vision for me, but I think what happened was I, I started learning like, oh man, this is actually a lot of fun. Like building something that's your own. It's just, it's not the same as having a job. I mean, don't get me wrong. Having a job is great. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, but I think like being able to do both is, is like, for me, that's just the ideal kind of situation. Similar to what you're doing, man. Yeah. And Ash, maybe you can relate to this. Uh, the feeling of fulfillment to have to be working on and creating something that, that you know is impactful and mean, meaningful. Uh, we, we don't, we've always had uh, our health in check. We've always had good relationships. Um, we've always had like in, enough money to be financially okay. But there's also when, when we're not working on a, a business, a side hustle, some sort of miscellaneous project that offers value, there, there's a, a lack of fulfillment in, in meaning in our lives. Right. Like when I first graduated from college and all I was doing was just going to work during the day, maybe going to the gym because I, I knew I wanted to get back into it. But like getting into it is tough. Coming back and either like playing video games or watching Netflix it's like, yeah, you're entertained, but you don't get anywhere from it. And it's like when you're working on something, yeah, you remain, you remain busy. Sometimes you're not feeling motivated to do anything, but then you don't regret any of the time you spent working on something though, whereas you sometimes do look back and regret, oh, maybe I shouldn't have binged four hours of Netflix after work before going to bed. Dude, I <clears throat> yesterday watched like six hours of Netflix, which I I don't think I ever done in my life and i'm like this this was like hard i got i got some family visiting and like they wanted to watch a show so i'm just like hanging out watching and literally i was like i looked at my cousin i'm like i feel dumber i i like that my head hurts and i was like i don't like i can't believe that this is something that people do every day don't get me wrong yeah. i watch youtube i i mess around all the time i'm not like a i'm not one of those like work every second blah, blah, blah. But there was something about just sitting down for like six hours. And I was like, damn, how do people watch this many shows? Like I, my head hurts. So is it because is this how it works? Typically you watch one episode and then you're like, Oh, that was, that was really nice. And then they give you a nice cliffhanger and you're like, well, I got to watch the next one. I got that. You watch the next one. And then you're like, why well, stop there? You know, there's a, a couple more. But then, like, the dopamine release you get and, like, the fulfillment gets less and less. But you're more and more feeling lazy to the point where you're like, I don't even want to get up and move. But, like, my brain feels fried. You're Is just complacent. You're, like, you're complacent with watching it. 
and you're just like used to it. So yeah, it's just like complacency in the routine of it. And I mean, I think it's okay to have like, to be entertained. It's okay to have, okay to have vices like here and there, but as long as you can limit them, I've even like thought about writing a book about this, about like how there's like, there's pretty much two kinds of people. Maybe I can think about it. There's more, but generally speaking, there's creators and there's consumers. So like with like doing the podcast, with like doing your blog, you're creating content. For example, of that people that are going to be listening to the podcast, reading the blog, they're consuming the content. The people on Netflix make a shitload of content and they, they have a way more people consuming it than there are people actually contributing to making it. And like, that's just, that's just an example of how the world works. I mean, even with like businesses, like products, services, you have people creating, you have people consuming. 100% man. And I think, uh, again, back to, to the college days, one, a, a quote that stuck with me that actually Cambridge shared. He was like, um, you know, there's some people that, you know, watch the news and there's some people that make it on the news. And he's like, which one do you want to be? And I remember being like, holy shit. Like, you know, uh, I mean, it, it just like hit me in, in terms of the same thing that you're talking about is like, why spend all your time watching it when you could be the one like contributing to making it? And uh, I'm sure you know, Ash, right? Like it feels way better being on this end versus only on the end of just watching it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's funny you actually bring up the news too. That's even, that's arguably way worse than watching Netflix because you you know there are people who just go home, turn on their favorite news channel, and they just like get fucking indoctrinated by this stuff for hours. Like it's it's yeah. all bias. It's all it's all fake. It's all propaganda trying to like ingrain a narrative in somebody's head, and mm -hmm. then yeah, then then they just. And you wonder why people hate each other so much nowadays. Yeah, because you're watching Fox News or CNN or some 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 clearly biased source for hours on end, just getting. I, yeah, all of my family lives in Iowa. Like brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. Everybody lives in Iowa, and so my parents they watch the news all the time. They're like news junkies, so I get texts on a regular basis all the time. They're like are you okay in New Jersey? I saw this happen in New York city. Like the subway's dangerous. Like you can't, I heard this flood. Like they just hear all of these wild outlandish stuff from, uh, from the news. And they're like, come home, baby. Like it's not, not safe out there. And I'm like, y'all need to stop. Like, please just, if it, if it leads, it bleeds. If it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> That's like the, the famous news propaganda they, they just take every story spin it and, and make it as bloody and emotionally aggravating as possible right prime example of that for me when i was living in south florida hurricane ian came through like almost almost three months ago that hit the gulf coast i'm on the southeast coast i had probably like 10 different family and friend members from Facebook reaching out to me saying, hope you're staying safe for the hurricane. I actually came back to Iowa for the Michigan game that week. So I had to, I was gone the entire time. Didn't have anything to do with it. Month or so later, hurricane Nicole comes through, actually hits the area I'm in. And I think like one or two people reached out. And it's like, are, are you serious? I, obviously crazy. it wasn't the same degree of a storm, but like this is actually hitting my area. Well, 
Yeah, it's like man, the news. Like... The news picks and chooses what it wants to report as more serious than others. There's just too much information, and then they pick the ones that you know they want to pick, and um, yeah, but it, it is crazy in terms of like media and all that. I don't know if you guys have been on Twitter looking at like Elon releasing the Twitter files and all the stuff that's coming out there with like the FBI, like paying Twitter and like all this stuff. He's just like releasing everything. And it's like, start to feel like, damn, is this like, that, that makes me believe the news even less, which I already didn't really believe him. So it's like, just a great situation. In a general way to approach things, if everybody's doing it, that's probably your cue to probably do the opposite, right? If everybody's consuming the, the material, the, the media and things like that, uh, you could probably be successful just by doing what the opposite of what everybody else do, is doing. If everybody's consuming, start producing. If everybody's uh, addicted to fast food, McDonald's, junk food, things like that, eat, eat clean organic foods. If everybody's watching Netflix all day, read books, things like that. So being the, that you both are health conscious, um, working out and stuff, do you guys see any issues with seed oil? So I, I, I go kind of back and forth on this one. I think Cambridge might be a better person to answer since he has that um, PharmD background. But I mean, I, I think <clears throat> I'll say this. I think certainly there are some red flags right when we look at it and what it can do but at the same time i think like 99.99 percent of people don't need to be worrying about that that's probably the last <laughs> thing they probably just need to hit the gym and not eat mcdonald's so um but when it comes to seed oils i mean yeah i think you know i'll, I'll let cambridge handle that one if he wants to yeah so personally i don't like seed oils but as Heather mentioned, so there's the 80-20 rule. 80% of your results comes from 20% of the inputs. If you want to get really healthy, really fit, lean, here's what the 80% that you should focus on. If you're overweight at all, focus on making sure you consume less calories than you expend every day. That'll naturally... The ther- law of thermodynamics, you have to lose weight if you consume less than, than you produce. Second, make sure you're, you're going to the gym. To, in my opinion, lifting is the, the most effective exercise. You're building muscle, um, which pays off in, in the long term. And then, and then just consuming uh, plenty of protein and higher quality foods. Now, the 80% that produces 20% of the results, the flip side of the coin, is gonna be your seed oils, right? Not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, but if you're doing everything right, you got your uh, plenty of water intake, you're sleeping, you're working out, you're eating for the most part well, then you can start worrying about seed oils and you wanna avoid uh, corn oil, cotton seed oil, like, rice bran oil, soybean oil, sunflower seed oil, all of those, they're going to plummet your testosterone. Not plummet your testosterone, but lower your testosterone. So that, that's why I try and avoid them. 
Um, there's just better oils out there. Uh, avocado oil, um, olive oil. Um, we have straight butter, dude. You sound like liver King. <laughs> that man eats like butter sticks, right? He just eats like six of butter or whatever. Yeah. Don't, don't do it. Don't do that. <laughs> don't eat sticks I'm of just... butter. He, he's out there churning it himself. Like that's a, <laughs> that's a completely different side of the coin. The, the final one was coconut oil. What are your thoughts, though, Ash? I was just bringing up seed oil because one of the guys who was one of my best friends down in Florida had him on the podcast one time, and he's kind of like a conspiracy guy. Like, he's – I mean, he's really funny, but he's also, like, really, like, knowledgeable about, like, stuff like that. And he's talking about how seed oils are in, like, 90% of, like, the foods, like, in the grocery stores and how the seed oils industry's grown so much over the last 60 years. It's bigger than the sugar industry now. And how like that is like a possible contributor to the fall of testosterone, the rise of uh, um, obesity, and just it how it's just probably not good for you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure it actually does play a role in those things, right? There's probably a lot of things that play a role. I think it's. I don't know if I'd contribute it to being the one and only thing, but it <laughs> definitely is is a big. Uh, factor for sure no he was he was talking about it I've, and I, I was just thinking i've never even heard of seed oils like it's yeah. just like this is like new to me i don't even know yeah, what to yeah. say in my opinion one thing that's i don't i want to say infinitely more but like a, a much greater cause is high fructose corn syrup and added sugar that you see in everything look at ketchup look at marinara sauce look at look at any sort of sauces and dressing. Look at look at bread. It's just a bunch of added high fructose corn, corn syrup, which your body doesn't know how to react to, so it just stores it as fat. It's it's wild. Um, I'm sure. I, I did want to shift focus. A, a little yeah. Bit. And that's <laughs> away from food conspiracy. <laughs> what, what? Actually, let's step on that on that topic real fast i think header has a great philosophy revolving around uh conspiracies and if you're into conspiracies like no hate just be careful because what what header's about to tell you is about to blow your mind Um, wait let me hit let me hit my conspiracy button real fast okay (laughs) (laughs) this is my conspiracy on conspiracies so it's it's a little ironic here but um what I've noticed is that people that really just delve deep into the conspiracy world, it's like an addiction, right? Because it, it like, it's so you, you consume this stuff and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm starting to see the world as it really is. But in reality, you're like becoming schizophrenic. You're like, you start to get paranoid. Like, Dude, it's like a deep, I've seen literally people like in my own life that, you know, it's like, oh, funny and like, haha. But then all of a sudden, a couple months later, they're like, this is about to happen and this is going to happen. We need to do this. And I had a buddy trying to like quit, he quit his job. And then he's like, dude, I'm going to learn survival hacks. I'm going to learn, like he's like out in the woods. And I'm like, what, why? And he's like, cause China's going to attack. I'm like, Damn, bro, you just, like, threw your whole life away because, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Just, like, you build into it. It's, like, you got to be careful. Um, I think it's 
certainly some conspiracies are definitely true. And I think a lot of them have true points, but if you live like that, I mean, I don't think it's beneficial, yeah. right? You can't really think about them. Most of the time. You're, you're always looking over your shoulder. You have to develop like multiple different personalities and like every, everybody's out to get you. And it's this like negative toxic world that, that you're living in. When in reality, if we, we think of the outcomes we want, which is to be better individuals, live happy, healthier uh, lives. How how does thinking that way contribute to that? Even if China is going to bomb us, even if um, the the emails were leaked or, or or whatever whatever it is, right? How does that affect you? Ninety nine percent of the time, it do, like you can't really do anything. Uh, no matter what your actions are, it's not going to change your situation. So by fretting, worrying, uh, letting these things control you emotionally leads to your devastation, demise, right? Yeah. If China's going to bomb us, just let them. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. There's certain job to build a hole. Bombed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you got to so... be careful, man. Um, just, just on that note real fast, I remember it was back, I think like in 2014 or 2015, I was never like a, I was never like an Alex Jones fan, but I saw some Alex Jones video where he was saying that Russia is literally about to nuke us. And it was something about like Obama, like not contributing them somehow. And I was like, are we about to get attacked? And I, I, I didn't like, yeah, I didn't go crazy digging a hole to like bury myself in, but. I was actually like a little concerned about possibly yeah. being under attack. So, so one thing to note is this is all about human nature. And th this isn't like a new thing that we've learned about the last few years. This has been concerns for generations on generations on generations, right? My, my great grandparents were afraid of nuclear attacks. My grandparents were afraid the, like the generations before, they, they have the same concerns that come up over and over, uh, like almost like every five to 10 years, it's like, oh, this new thing, but it's like, it's the same thing that gets concerned over and over. We're just humans reliving the same ideas and emotions. For sure. We, we don't need to pursue that too yeah. much. You said there was some pivot you were looking to make. Oh, yeah, yeah, the pivot, I, I was going to share heteronized story that we had in college with the, uh, our, our first stab at entrepreneurship. <laughs> if you guys want to hear how we've absolutely failed miserably, um, we could, we could share that. It is, it's directly related to your audience as well. Absolutely. So, um, up until this point, we had, we'd done some little projects here and there worked with other entrepreneurs, but Cambridge and I were sitting there one day and uh, we were, you know, shotgunning some beers and we're like, hey, dude, this kind of sucks. You know, when you take it, people stab it, like it explodes everywhere. And like, you know, sometimes people can't get it. Um, people have to dig their teeth in it so sometimes. They like, cut their mouth open. Yeah, it's just like a lot of ways. And we're like, man, this is a little inefficient. You know, like how do you, what if like there was a way to get like the perfect size like every time and then that, that because we're always like trying to race each other, right, with the boys and it's like, dude, that dude cheated. He spilled half his beer opening it. Right. And it's like, what are we doing? So we're like, dude, what if like we could come up with like a can that basically like has like 
perforations that you can just like push in and it just pushes in the same like size and shape of the can every time and that way you just get like a perfect shotgun so we're like dude we went deep like we started like writing a patenting ideas doing all kinds of stuff and we like went to a pitch competition and there was like a pretty like well-known entrepreneur from iowa there um we had the iowa entrepreneurship club there and cambridge gets up right and he pitches this idea and it's like you were so hyped and we're like oh and the guy the entrepreneur is like let me connect you with my brother um brother-in-law he's he owns a, a brewery and we're, dude, we're thinking we're like rolling steam man and uh we basically get pulled to the side by the guy who runs the entrepreneurship club and he's like this is fucking embarrassing i can't believe you guys would pitch this like you made me look so bad and he's like were you guys out of your mind and he just like destroyed this idea for like 10 minutes and uh i mean at the time i don't think we he said there were three rules in an entrepreneurship organization within university of iowa you're not allowed to have businesses or pitch ideas related to drugs alcohol or sex and so we we just nailed that that alcohol portion like right to the the brim we didn't consult him before doing the pitch or anything like that and he he just laid into us like just I mean, the dude a few years later got caught at the University of Iowa Rec Center creeping out girls. Like four different girls came to the university and they they reported him. He was like taking pictures of girls at the gym and doing some weird, really weird stuff. So he kind of got got what he deserved. He's a weird guy. Yeah, go ahead. He's a weird guy, but like, you know, when you're 20 years old, and this guy, you know, was like the the former like uh, regional CEO of Goodwill. Like he was a pretty big name, right? He wasn't like a small guy. And so he just like told us that that was like the dumbest idea. And I remember being like, "Dude, we we like walked back to the car, dead silent. No one said a word. We didn't talk about that experience till like four years later, dude. Like we never talked about it. Like it, we were traumatized, and we just like." You know, it was a, it was a tragic fucking. Um, like I, I like the idea of that—a can that has like the perforation in it, or you somehow has like printed like a little cut line on it, like just mm-hmm. just an example. When I and took an you... entrepreneurship class at the university, mm-hmm. um, one of the projects was we had to invent a product or a service or idea, and the rule that he had was, you cannot invent something to get the peanut butter out of a jar. Because generally, like you would, what would you put like a crank on there, which would require the distribution to change of the peanut butter companies? And why would they do that? They're they're not going to. So I'm t- taking that same logic. Like, why would Budweiser or Miller decide to start perforating their cans just for this one idea? I mean, you you would have to like pretty much start your own beer company and make your own cans that have those on them. Yeah, 100%. I mean, our idea at the time was like, hey, this probably wouldn't cost more if you just add perforation. Um, and it could just be like a marketing play. You know, like yeah. a really, if you market it, like I think if you saw that rack of beer for the same price, 
sitting right next to it, like you'd probably get it every time, right? Like mm-hmm. just in case you wanted to even shotgun one, you know? And uh, that was our logic logic at the time. Was it sound? Absolutely not. <laughs> but we were we were quite young and we were like, yo, this is like this would just be cool because you know we were obviously yeah. in the fraternity scene and yeah, people were just- and it, it'd be yeah like a marketing play where it's like oh summer promotion where it's like but Budweiser party edition, Bud Light party edition, right? And and then people would have access to boom, they could do that. We, we thought from a marketing play, it could be a, a pretty solid uh, deal for them. Similar to how everybody's making like white claws and, and that changes the dimensions of the cans and things like that. Uh, th- this would just add a little extra perforation. Another idea there too, would one of those big beer distributors, Budweiser or Miller, want to put the perforation on their can, being that that kind of promotes mass consumption. That's what we were thinking is like, that would be the biggest hurdle, right? Like we would have to market it in a way that wasn't like shotgun and beer. Cause then that, then it would be like, they couldn't do that. Cause the whole, you know, drink responsibly thing. But I, like, I was thinking if we just, it would be like a viral product, you know? I mean like that would have been a TikTok product if TikTok was around then. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's a good point. Again, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think we were excited and we just wanted to work on our own project. Um, but yeah, I mean we've had dozens and dozens of other fails and wins along the way since then. So mm-hmm. right, and I'm not trying to sound like super judgmental of it. I mean, I've, I'm sure I've thought some stupid stuff back back in the day that I, I can't even remember it. But at the time, you think like, oh, this would be like a good idea. And then, like, you actually, like, some, maybe you do make it far and you're, you're talking to, like, an entrepreneur guy. And they're just like, no, what? This would never work. Yeah, exactly, right. And have, have, you ever, have you ever had you ever any had failed business, business adventures, Ash? Anything uh, you started before this? Failed business ventures? I don't think so. It's... I, I love that story because I think it's just so funny how dumb it was um, for a couple reasons. Like, number one, the idea was just stupid. Number two, we were just so hyped about it. Like, that was – if you could feel the energy that we had, dude, we were, like, up, like, late night researching. We we even did a survey. We reached out to, like, 100 frat dudes and asked them, like, would you buy this? And everyone's like, dude, hell yeah. So that's, like, we – you know, everybody's, like, pumping our – a lot of that probably had to do with the fact that they, you know, we were friends with them and they were just being supportive, right? But, like, we didn't see that. We're like, dude, he said it. Like, hell yeah. And and then the funniest part is, like, we got one no, right? And in reality, like, it, he did us a favor. But, like, we got one no and then we just, like, gave up, right? And it's like, to me, that's funny now because um, since then, I mean, every endeavor we've done has faced hell, right? And it's like, but you gotta you gotta continue doing it, right? Even with the podcast, right? You just moved. You, you're you're making like two a week. You've done, but you're still at it. Like no matter what happens, it's not like you're giving up on your baby. I think that was like the funniest part is we just were like we got one negative feedback and we're like see ya. And she's like, what were we doing? There, right. There's probably been ample obstacles for you, Ash, in, in your adventures where like maybe times where you're like 
should I give this up? Is this worth it? Like thing, things like that. Um, but, but then you just keep pushing through and you, you know, in the long term, all you have to do is keep putting out good, high quality content, um, tailored to, towards your audience, also offering that value and then going from there. Right. So speaking of business ventures, this is something that I've been talking about for a little over a year. And I, I don't even know how, like, where to start with it. Hopefully like nobody listening tries to like steal the idea, but there's like a dating app that I want to invent where it's like you set your preferences. I'm talking like specific preferences, like range of height, range of weight, anything that you could possibly qualify or disqualify somebody for. Like if number of tattoos or like if, if you care, if you don't care, literally anything that you could think of. And then it's like, it only shows you people that meet your standards, but also that you meet their standards. So it's like, everybody has like their own standards, but then how it's like Tinder and these other dating apps have the paid memberships that either give you more likes or give you a higher range, or you can change your location or you can see specific preferences. You use the paid membership to be an exception to somebody else's preferences. Oh. Is that like something that would work or is that kind of a dumb idea? Challenge me. So off the top of the dome, I got, I got a couple of things. I think dating apps are always super, um, super cool if done right. Cause obviously people will use them, right? We've seen it work so many different models. Um, the one thing is that the major thing is if you do that specific, and people generally want to do their area, their radius. That might work for a couple of cities like LA, New York, um, Chicago, Houston. But if we think about like Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, imagine if you have 20 filters and then they have 20 filters. It's like, it's going to be difficult to, to, to make that work. Then the, then the app tells you to lower your standards or increase the range. <laughs> <laughs> yo, or, yo, stop being a dick <laughs> yeah, Ash, there's also the way I see it, there's a distribution curve where girls are interested in a few specific qualities that are common across the almost common across the board um, typically they're, they're interested in, in guys in a higher height range so they're, they're probably going to put 6 feet or more um, they're going to put all of these characteristics that maybe 5%, 10% of guys qualify for. So then there's going to be a, a subset of guys that are like, they, they get a large subset of guys that get nothing. Like right. zero people interested. So then they could pay, as you mentioned, Ash. But then how needy does that look from a girl's perspective if she sees, oh, this dude's five, oh, six. Yeah. But my preferences are six foot or above. He's clearly paying to get on my distribution <laughs> list. What a fucking loser! And then she's more unattracted to him because of that. I don't know. I'm just I'm just seeing it as like maybe he's like a really good looking guy, but he's just a short king. But being able to just have his image there may or may not be an exception to her rule. Okay. I don't. I, I don't know. No, fair. And, and we're just playing de devil's advocate. I think it's a. The more opportunities there is, is always good. Well, um, that is I, a, I, that is a thing too, though. Where like 
rules get broken for people who are more attractive. That is that is a thing. That was header and I. It's philosophy. hard. To be, it, it, it's like you know you see a guy go up to a girl, and it could be the same. It could be the same sentence that they say, but it's like if the guy's like good looking, it's like oh wow that was like really funny. But if the guy's like maybe not, the girl will literally be like that dude's creepy, right? And I'm like I mean I get why. It's just it's a natural psychology, but it is pretty crazy. It's it's like harder to be weird. If you're good looking, that's just a fact. Kind of like if there's a really hot girl that comes up to you, like really hot, like dropped in 12 out of 10, and she comes up to you and says something a, a little bit weird, you're like, oh, that's that's cute. Like, she's so hot. Like, I don't really care, right? Whereas if an ugly girl, like, starts acting acting weird around you, you're like, uh, uh Typical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, know exactly what you mean. It's pretty much, there was an example a couple weekends back where there was one girl we were out with, me, some other friends, and she was, she was decent. Um, me and her were hitting it off a little well, but she knew so many people that I would turn my back for like, not even like 30 seconds to go to the bar to get another drink or go to the bathroom. And she's already like talking with somebody else. And there was this other, I don't know if she knew her, but there was this other girl who was near us on the floor. She was kind of undesirable. I don't need to describe too, in too much detail. She tried, she tried to talk to me. She asked me what my, what my name was. And I said, Aaron Rogers. And, <laughs> and then I just like, kind of like turned away. And then the girl she was with, she was like, do you like chicks with big tits? Going back to the ass or tits thing. I mean, I am a tits guy. And I was like, yes. She's like, well, this girl next to us has big tits. And I was like, no. She's like, why? And I'm like, don't make me say it. Just no. Yeah. I mean, some things are better left unsaid, you know? If yeah. She if, if, a, if she was really hot, as you're saying, she would 100% would have gotten my real name. Exactly. That's just, unfortunately that's how life works, but it is what it is, man. <laughs> In the flip side, in reverse, happens all the time as, as well. Um, I'm sure plenty of guys have given the have talked to a girl. They give the the wrong name, or they say they have a boyfriend when they when they actually don't. But at the end of the day, it's just these things are needed. The reason being is because it per, it keeps from conversations going longer than they're supposed to, right? How, how annoying would it be if you put in like hours, you spend the whole whole night with her, things like that. And then you found out later on, she was just not interested the whole time. You're like, well, I just wasted my time. I could have been talking to 20 other people. Right. right. Is it almost a problem then if a girl's too nice? Because like, you know, if a guy gets shut down too fast, you know, defense mechanism, he might say, oh, she's just a bitch. But it's I've, like, I've, isn't that I've, I've a had, good thing? I've had girlfriends that, that were too nice where I, I I figured they they like the dude they're talking to or something or else they wouldn't be like giving them energy and giving them eye contact and like talking to them the whole time. And they're like, they, then I talked to them and they're like, oh, thank you for finally getting me away from him. Like, I'm like, 
you were talking to him the whole time. Like, how am I supposed to know you wanted me to pull you, pull you away sooner, right? And then other girls are much more blunt about it. Uh, it just varies person to person. And same, same in re- reverse. Like, Hedder might, I think Hedder in the past, might stick in, into those situations and not, not leave as soon as he, he could. I had I had an issue. You like I, I was too uh, too nice, you know myself. So I'd be like Cambridge would be like, see ya, and I'd be like, damn, like I feel bad, you know, because like this is a person, dude. But what I've learned being on the receiving end of that is actually I appreciate if a girl's just like, hey, look, I'm not interested. I'm like, thank you for not like wasting my time. I also think guys who are like, yo, that girl's a bitch. If they say that, I mean, that's the weirdest thing, right? I see that, but I'm like, dude, why? Like, how can you say that? That's such an interesting thing. Like, she's just, she's being honest with you. Don't you want her to be honest? Or would you rather have her buy, like, have you buy her, like, 20 drinks throughout the night and, like, her and her friends and, like, take, buying them an Uber here and Uber there. And the next thing you know, at the end of the night, she's like, no, you can't have my number. And you're like, what? Like, what happened to me? That's more of like, you know, a situation where you could have just avoided if, if she was like, no, I'm not interested in you. What are you talking about? Get away. And that's fine. Right. Right. Exactly. Like back in high school, I remember people would be, a, um, you know, trying to text a girl or not. She's like not responding or just giving short responses. And then like the real friends, like, Oh, she's being a bitch right now. And it's, I mean, Back then, it's like, yeah, you, you make your excuses because you don't know. But nowadays, I'm like, see ya, like, delete snap or just, like, delete, delete number or whatever. Just, I don't, I don't have time for this. Dude, 100%, man. It's a, it's a, it's a blessing. And it's a favor in disguise. Like, time is valuable, man. If you Don't waste my time. That, that, that's my biggest thing. Don't waste my time. So, if you're going to save me time. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm here for. In, in in the moment, sometimes it's not as cut and dry as that because you're like, we're human beings. Human beings ha- have strong emotions at times. So sometimes the the feeling of, of rejection or things like that, it, it can it can hurt. Uh, it really can. But but you just have to power through, have a real fast memory, move on to the next, and, and then see it as a, a valuable learning lesson. Right. Sure. I actually have a very recent story about wasting time. Uh, this was actually last night. Um, <laughs> this girl actually told told me that she like I have she told me I haven't uploaded on my podcast in a few weeks, so I think she frequently listens. So if I do bring this up, she's probably gonna know I'm talking about her. her <laughs> so like her and I have like hung out before. It's not like I'm some random guy off of like Tinder who she's never met before. We've, we've hung out before multiple times, actually ran into each other last night. She tells me to come out and I'm like, well, there's nothing else to do. There's a snowstorm, but sure. I'll come out. I don't have any expectations for anything to happen. Go home or be out super late. I go to where she said she was and she's not there. What? It was only like a, 10 minute drive away, but like I walked around for like five minutes and I'm like, are you kidding me? You actually told me to come out and then you're not here. What did she, was it like, what did she say back to that? Haven't heard back from her since. Oh my God. 
Dude, that's actually crazy. It's kind of whack. Yeah. 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 No. It's it, so disrespectful. And sometimes it's tough to tell. It, it, there, there's two potential options. Girls like like games where they're like, "Oh, I really like this guy, so I have to play games, so then he sees me as more attractive, right?" Or two, I don't know why she would do that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any other reason. Um, I don't know what the well, she, she wouldn't have invited you in the first place, unless. Right. Maybe you said something in your previous podcast that ticked her off, and she's like, I, I want to get back at him. I don't know. I don't know. Ran into her Friday night last week. She seemed pretty happy to see me. She was getting kind of handsy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing if you're, happened. If you're watching this, <laughs> tell <Yeah>. us. <laughs> Send us a group message on what you were thinking, because we were so curious. It's funny if she's listening, she knows exactly who she is. I, I, I literally like the thing is I don't like I don't care. I'm just like, damn, you actually wasted my time though last night. Yeah, that 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 is disrespectful. It is disrespectful, but it's it's interesting because it's like, what are you trying to get out of that? I mean, she's likely probably like hammered, or she's just maybe fucking disrespectful. I don't know, but that. That's an interesting situation, man. You got to Yeah, you got to fill us in when you find out. She usually is hammered too. That's the that's thing. The that's first time that we ever hung out, I was having to like babysit her the whole night. Mm-hmm. Walked walked with her back like 2 miles to get back to her apartment. She puked like twice on the way there. And I'm like, yeah, nothing's nothing's going to happen tonight. I'm like I'm I'd rather play a conservative and stay safe under the legal system. Oh, 100%. Than yeah, so like nothing. I was just like, I am honestly disgusted by what's happened tonight. Nothing's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And then last yeah, night, what the hell? <laughs> so, so one thing I've I've noticed in any any girls that are listening to this, they're gonna probably resonate. Is girls, you know, you do this, you overthink everything with that that attractive guy that you're really in, interested in so it'll be like i guess small text the dude the dude's like hey how's it going and then girls are like calling their fan, friends facetiming their friends texting their friends like how do i respond to this like what should i say and the girls like are like oh uh maybe this no maybe that maybe maybe this they're like oh just don't respond act like you're you're busy and then like the next day rolls around, they still don't respond. And then the guy's like, she's not interested. Or like, what's up? In I, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. The thing is, I used to do that too before like I was – just before like I had learned – I don't want to say – I wouldn't say I'm perfect at game. I'm not perfect at game, but I'm better at it now than I used to be. I used to like ask like my friends like, yo, what should I say to this? How long should I wait to respond? And – I don't remember what it was, but it was some YouTube channel. I think it was like the roommates. You guys know like the roommates podcast. Um, I don't remember who it was, but they they said it's better to actually be busy when texting a girl than to pretend to be busy. Because like if you pretend to be busy and like you just like purposely wait like three hours to respond, eventually it's going to come out that 
you're not doing jack shit. You just were faking it the whole time. Whereas like when you actually have stuff you're working on, you're actually yeah, out doing fun stuff that actually is like ends up being like more desirable. For sure. hundred percent. Like instead of acting like you have the lifestyle, have the lifestyle instead of acting attractive, be attractive <laughs> instead of like stop being ugly. <laughs> stop. Well, I'm not, not talking, yeah. I'm not talking, I'm not talking appearance. I'm talking overarching, like ha- have high quality friends, have a, a purpose, uh, things that are important to you that, that you're achieving, work on your communication skill, like all, all of these different things that make you a more attractive and desirable person. So that acting like it, be it. And then you, you naturally get the, the benefits. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm cre- incredibly busy. I, I work long, long hours um, through s- what, what I'm doing with the corporate show as well as full-time job, fitness, things like that. Um, I don't often respond to people because I'm, I'm, I'm just busy all day long, right? Don't have to create it if it like a fictitious self when you're living it, right? Right. It definitely affects your like self-image to your own self if you're not actually what you're trying to say that you are. It's it, I feel like it'll catch up to you eventually. So I, I agree with you on like mm-hmm. be busy, don't act don't necessarily act busy. Right. Like I mean even like talking about like texting, like if you're waiting a few hours or waiting to say something specific, I don't even like think about that anymore. It's like if I'm yeah, if I'm busy I don't see it, don't text back. But like if I'm not if I'm not doing jack shit, I'm just like chilling. And like I see it, it's like I'm not just gonna have it sit there, like intentionally. Like I'll, I'll respond. I don't, I don't care. If it's she's weird about me responding too quickly, then sorry. It's also good to like, you know, go in spurts, man. Like you have, you can text back and forth, like you know, kind of quickly for like five, ten minutes, and then you might go MIA because like that's actually how busy people work. They're not gonna be like one text and then like eight hours later one text and then it's like no they're gonna have like a break of like five ten minutes they're gonna be able to talk to you and then they're gonna go and do their thing it's like yeah if you there's different ways to do it anyway yeah it's a good point because if you text once eight hours later and then she texts you like the next day later and then you text her two days you you end up like Sometimes the conversations fizzle out altogether. All There's no emotion or back and forth or anything between whatever connection you had could have been lost, right? So I'm curious though that house that you guys had back in Iowa City. Um, when we spoke earlier this week, you got, you guys were talking about how back in the day that co- that house was just pumping full of testosterone. Who all lived there in the house with you, and? What was it that was so motivating in that house to hit the gym? And yeah, I, th- I think we should talk about the second LB. Um, and, and the reason be- because you guys have all heard of this. This is nothing new, but you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. And so what we what we opted to do is like, how how do we achieve the four most dominant alpha dudes that we possibly can and put them in one one household 
so that we're all pushing each other as hard as possible and and then growing to to the best versions of ourselves. And that's what we did. We had uh, one man, his name is DeForest. This dude's like 6'3", 210 pounds, runs Ironmans. Like, he's just an incredible dude, right? Built like a freaking stallion. We had Gibson. He doesn't even need an introduction. And then we, we, had, we had Hedder and I, right? So first thing at the crack ass of dawn every morning, I just hear, ah! like, literally, like, lion roars coming out from, from one end. And then I hear another roar and then another roar. And then, and then I'm roaring. And it's just like the lion had woken up. And then we'd, like, unite in the kitchen and just start, like, hyping each other up, like bouncing around with energy, uh, throwing each other around and just some grown ass men, right? It's hard not to <laughs> testosterone <laughs> flying through the, the air in that sort of environment. I'll say like it's the, the couple lingering. things that we did really well were like, we were super competitive, right? Like if you were up before people, you let them know, bro. Like you, that blender went on, and like, you know, somebody's making a protein smoothie, which is hilarious, right? But it's like, it's like three thirty a.m. DeForest is about to go run fifteen miles and swim ten miles to train for his uh, Ironman. You like, we like couldn't sleep after that, right? Because I'm like, now I got to go hit the gym because he's hitting the gym. So it was like we were super, super competitive with each other, and we made everything a competition. So we'd be like. Okay, like who can read the most books in 90 days? Who can do, who can lift this weight? And we would like, all right, we're going to meet back in 30 days and see whose bench went up the most. Like, so everything was measured, tracked. I don't even think it was intentional, but like, I mean, that really like accelerated. But the second flip side of that was we were very, very like helpful with each other. So even though we were in constant competition, if somebody read something, if somebody found a new tip trick, we'd share it with everyone immediately. Cause like, Ultimately, we knew that, yo, if I can, and we're still like this. We have a group chat that's active every day, right? It's like, if I hear something, I send it immediately to that group chat, even though it's in a competition about something that we're all trying to do. And then we have winners and losers and punishments and everything, right? And it's like, but the the idea is that if Cambridge can get that much better and he's my competition, like, I can't, I'm not, I got to be better than him, you know, but only if I make him better. Right. We, friendly, friendly competition. We, yeah. we had a rule at the gym. Whenever we, we lift and, and do a workout, the, the rule was N plus one. That's how many reps you do. So Header does 10 reps. I got to do at least 11. I hit 12 on that time. Header's got to do at least 13. It got to the point where at one point we... One set we did like eighty three reps because we we I was like I can't stop this exercise knowing Header did more reps than me. To this day, oh, when honestly. we when we lift, it's like we'll do we always end our chest days with like hundred push ups, and uh, we'll end with a hundred. And I'll be like, Cambridge, how many did you do? He's like one oh two because I knew you were gonna do one oh one. And I'm like, well, I knew you were going to say 102, so I did 103. And he's like, I knew you were going to say that, actually, so I did 105. And I'm like, fuck, now I got to go back and do this. Like, 
it's like literally warfare, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. um, but that's what keeps, that's, I mean, it's fun, man. That's what gets you better. Right. I think I was telling you guys a little bit as well. How we're living in South Florida. One of the guys that uh, I worked out with, one of my best friends down there, he was in regarded as like the strongest frat in America. And, you know, he's noticeably stronger than I am. But when we were doing like dumbbell or like individual workouts, I'd be trying to go like pound for pound, rep for rep with him. And for a while, I actually like sometimes I'm able to like keep up. Then like once we move on to the compound stuff, it, Got a little bit tougher there, like the power power workouts. But an example of like the up one would be like at the end of the workout, we'd get them like the Stairmasters right next to each other. It's like, oh, what level are you doing? Level seven. All right, I'm doing level eight. Just going to like the next level up. Dude, that's like mm-hmm. – I'm a pretty strong believer in like um, competition like makes testosterone skyrocket. I don't know what it is about it, man, but I just, there's something about it. Like even in sports growing up, it's like when other people are just doing stuff and you're like, yo, dude, I gotta like, I have to crush it. it I feel like something in your body just responds naturally. And it's just like, we're going to release a mm-hmm. shitload of tea right now. So you can figure this out. <laughs> it's like, it, it's unlimited motivation and energy. It's, it's wild. Like we all share, we have a core group of friends. We all share the same Audible account. So what we'll download, I'll download books onto the account so we can all, all read. David Goggins just released a new book that's ph- phenomenal, by the way. And so I, I never want to not be the first one to finish reading the books <laughs> or anything like that because I, I don't want to have knowledge that other people have that, that I – I don't have access to, or I don't understand. Right. So even just something from a, a learning standpoint, I want to make sure I'm learning faster than everybody else around me. Not in a, I'm better than you type of frame, but more of like to have that competitive advantage. So I, I feel knowledgeable in any given circumstance. Right. Just in the competition, but also just like the, the camaraderie, of the testosterone or like the competition is like something that a lot of, a lot of people don't have. Like, for example, like I've since graduating from college three years ago, I've lived by myself the entire time since then. And I've like, yeah, it's quiet. I live by myself. Nobody snores. Nobody messes with the thermostat, but like I've been bored so much of the time. And I know that if I was living with somebody, if I live with another version of myself, I think I would just be like that much further ahead and just like life of accomplishments with business, fitness, probably, probably like even women too. I mean, like when you guys were like all living together, was there competitions of like, you'd go out and be like, how many girls you talked to tonight? Oh, eight. Oh, I talked to nine and just like. We talk definitely tried. Everything was a competition. We tried to keep the girl stuff not because mm. <laughs> what we didn't want to happen was like you bring home a girl that like was <laughs> just to bring her home for like the the competition <laughs> part. Um, but I will say, I mean, it was like an uns- it's an unspoken thing, right? Like whether we said it ever out loud, I don't know if we've ever said it out loud, but it certainly was like if one of the boys is just bringing back dimes, you're like, all right, well, that's the standard now. It's not, you can't like, can't, 
can't be talking to, you know, any girl like that now because all my boys are, like, excelling. So, yeah, I mean. And when, when all the boys have pretty rock-solid game, they're they're all good-looking, they're all attractive, things like that, they can all, all get whatever girl they want. You have to have very high standards for yourself or else every group of girls that you talk to is just going to run run off to them, right? Like, if you right. want to compete, like, have any any chance at it, you have to raise your stance. So I, I, I see it as a net positive in that regard, but it, it looks really good when you have a, a group of just winners around you, then, like, it makes the whole pie of, of, of what your group can can achieve – that much greater. Like people, people would flock to us when, when we go out to venues and, and, and downtown and things like that, just because of the, the group we were with. Right. So yeah, there's of course like the, you don't want women flocking to your boys over you, but you also don't want to be the one guy in the friend group who has the, uh, the most unattractive girl of, of everybody else. So there's, yeah, oh, it sounds sounds bad, but it's just you, like you gotta have one friend that you keep around that can <laughs> take whatever the leftovers. There's no good way to say this. Um, you do your best. Listen, like I like yeah. I, I like living with him. He's a good guy, but my roommate during that summer, I I don't want to say his name, but like he he could do better than he usually did yeah i mean i think we all know guys like that right it's like it's it is what it is but again in a super hyper competitive environment like again i don't know if we've ever talked about it but it it was like i think we all felt it right it was like okay somebody set the new standard of like the types of girls that we can talk to and even like personality right we're not it's not just about the looks like how quality they are like are they you know, just like a, a good fun vibes to be around. Like that was always a thing too. So it's like, all right, now we, it's like, how much can we keep doing this, bro? We can't even find anybody at this point. Um, but yeah, it was, dude, I, I, I think that's the, my favorite part about post-college is having those, still those competitive like friendships with those same people. Yeah, and one one story I, I love to share is when one of your boys, your close friends, achieves a new milestone, it sets the standard of, of something that's achievable that you know. You've been with your boy through thick and thin, through through tough times and not. you From when he was here to, to where he's grown to. And so just like when Richard Bandler... What was it? Who who broke the four minute mile? Roger uh, Bannister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. physicians, doctors, um, everybody in the fitness community said that it was impossible to run for under a four minute mile. Across the board, across the board, every everybody known to man, it was not. I thought possible. your heart would explode. Exactly. Roger Bannister broke that four minute mile. And within a year's time period, tons of people. Now high school students are, are breaking the four-minute mile, right? So same thing 
when, when your close friends does something, some, something crazy, you're like, wait, they're doing it. I'm, I'm similar to them. I can do it too. Right. It sets, sets the new, new bar, the new standard. It's only a matter of time before, uh, one of us becomes a, a millionaire and that opens and unlocks the gate for all of us to become millionaires. Right. For sure. Just, uh, got to keep one upping each other, but then also once you, once you hit a milestone, it's like, what next milestone can you hit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the fun. That's the fun of life, right? Like people, I think you can argue like, where does it end? Uh, is this like endless? Is this pointless? And it might be right. I don't know. It might be, but also what else am I going to fucking do? I watched six hours of Netflix yeah. yesterday. Like I told you, and that she gave me a headache. So here I am trying to, trying to get better. It, and, and some people were like, well, if I had all the money that I, in the world, I would sit on a beach, drink my ties the rest of my life, but try that for more than like three days and you will be bored out of your mind. It's going to be, it's going to be nuts. You're going to sit there and be miserable, depressed because you, you have, you're not growing. You're not achieving anything. You're not pushing yourself. All, all of these things that, that, that we need as human beings uh, to feel fulfilled, you, you're throwing out the water. So I already know I, I'm going to be grinding the, the, the rest of my life. It might not be directly the business that, that I'm in. It might be through philanthropy. It might be through helping people and individuals. But the moral of the story, you're never just going to sit around and do nothing. Like, so you may as well enjoy the process of, of learning, trying things, uh, the frustrations of, of growth, and, and then just doing the absolute best that you can at whatever you're doing. For sure. Absolutely. Um, I think we are coming up on the amount of time that we have, but before we go, I just want to cover real fast that, um, that TikTok that you created that got banned. Would you like to tell us the story about how the inspiration for that came about and the reaction from TikTok? Yes. <laughs> so th this was when, when, TikTok, I, I think it first came out or in, in the beginning stages, it went from Musical.ly to TikTok. And I, I was pretty, pretty popular on Instagram. I, I was growing my following there. And I'm like, I, I want to capture Gary V talks about this all the time. I want to capture this new TikTok audience. It, it's the next thing. And it was clear that it, if you make viral posts, your first five to six posts, it, it expands to more and more audience, more and more audience. So you can go viral and build a massive page with a, a small number of posts. This is different from any other algorithm with YouTube, any other social media. Like, this is the place you want to be. So I'm like, how could I, I do so in, in the best way possible? And, and the, the idea hit me. I'm like, let's use the magic mic like male stripper theme song. Let's dress up in magic Mike outfits, <laughs> me and my roommate. And let's, let's use some state of the art microphones. At the time I used the, the beachy magic wand, which I know is a, a vibrator, but I had it because Tim Ferriss said it was a, a great back massager, right? 
So I, I'm using that as only a, only back massager. The only only yeah. this. <laughs> only for the back massagers. <laughs> so I'm using that as my microphone. My my buddy's got a lit roller in his hand for his microphone. <laughs> He's kind of like the backup dancer dressed in a a, a a male stripper outfit as well. And we're just going in like just absolutely absurd. And it, it, it immediately goes viral, like comments and people are like, I hope you didn't get that out of your mom's kitchen <laughs> and stuff. That mom's bedroom. They're, they're like all, all sorts of stuff. And, and then apparently we broke TikTok's policy and it <laughs> got banned after going viral overnight. <laughs> and it wasn't because of what you were wearing, right? It was because of the use of a sex toy, right? Yeah, I, I think so. A, a vibrate, a vibrator, technically, but it was also a, my version of a back massager. But noted, I common theme here: we we tend to break the rules or live in the gray area. But it's something uh, we will continue getting better at. Right. Right. I told you guys to uh, a few days ago to get on the TikTok game, and I mean it's. It's tough getting into initially. You think TikTok is cringe, but then, as as you were talking about, though, from what Gary V said, there is a lot of growth potential there. Yeah, at, at, your TikToks are freaking hilarious as well. I I, I went I went through the a, a deep TikTok binge. Don't even have the app, uh, but but I downloaded it because I wanted to check out your your page your profile, and it was one of those bends. I'm sure everybody on the audience has done this. Where you you go in to just look at a couple videos, one topic, and then thirty minutes later you like come out of this warp speed and you're like, what the heck just happened? How did I get go down that deep in the rabbit hole? But but it's because your your content's so good and engaging. So if you're not following him already, I'm sure everybody is, but like definitely check out his content. Appreciate appreciate you telling me that. Yeah, dude, it was, it was, I, I, I can echo what Cambridge said. It was hilarious. I, I didn't have the app either. I downloaded it and I was like, damn, I need to get on this TikTok thing, man. Because like, um, yeah, I just felt like, I'm not sure how much time you put into it, but it was, dude, those were funny, man. I found myself just cracking up and just like rewatching them over and over and then wasting a lot of time, but it was good, man. There was one that was particularly uh, very funny to me and it's like you're like when your boy's talking to a, a stupid hot girl like 12 out of 10 and then her extra friend comes up and she's she's about to go in and just be the mother hen like obliterate the thing and then you're like boom you immediately get up and <laughs> block yeah block that one I, that one Oh, that one, I don't know how many views it has, but it's like hundreds of thousands. And there's like a, there's a good amount of women who have liked that post who think like they, they understand it. There's also a good amount of women who have on that post in the comments tagged Drewofalo. Do you know who Drewofalo is? No. She's this one girl on TikTok. She has a few million followers. She's, I wouldn't say she's big, but she's like thick. Um, But she literally has her followers because she responds to certain TikToks that guys make that are are taken the wrong way by women, whether they're like they're misogynistic, fat phobic or different things. 
and she just roasts the fuck out of these guys. Like I'm not in the, in, in the most disrespectful way possible. Like she ends them. So, so I, mean, I mean, if, if if she, if she makes, makes a video a, for me, it's an extra exposure, but I I don't know if I'm ready for that. Dude, you're going to go viral, man. All of, all of those people are going to look at the rest of your content. I mean, it's probably not the right people you want on your page, but uh, damn, that'll be crazy. Yeah. That, that is crazy. And I could see a, a lot of girls probably resonate because they're that girl that's trapped talk to an attractive boy and then maybe their friends always butt in and like try and pull them away. Right. Or maybe they're the, they're the girls that are like, Oh, my friend's talking to this dude. I need to go. I, I need to do something about it, you know? So I, I'm sure it resonates with, with a lot of girls, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Some girls might not see it as the, the humor and the, the light that you, you were portraying the content on. So all they saw was that I said F at symbol T friends talking about women. And it's like, Oh no, he's misogynistic. All right. It was, that wasn't the purpose of the post, but I mean, that's, that's just the world we live in nowadays. People take everything yeah. the worst way possible. Yep. <laughs> so one of my least favorite parts about social media is, um, a, a lot of people are, are getting more and more soft. Or, or hurt like maybe they don't have enough problems in their life and they're like they're looking for additional problems like or finding ways to get angry and think uh mad at, at things get getting on other people's business but here's the thing as you know ash you're never going to get criticism we talked about this from people above you right it's always going to come from people below you so you can you can always take it with a grain of salt. Okay, this is why they're in a low place right now. They're trying to lash that off on me every time, every mm -hmm. single time. I think I even told you guys like if I get like a bad comment on TikTok from somebody just like talking shit, uh, sometimes I click on their profile. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's somebody who has no posts and like no <laughs> followers, and it's like, why do we even care? Just swipe off, go. Back, back to what I was doing. Yeah, like, is that even a real person? Is that a, is that a fake account? Like, what's going on here? It's a bot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, this has been good, Ash. Appreciate you having us on. We can close it off. I know we're probably going on almost two hours here. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we're not keeping you guys from any uh, time uh, restrictions that you had any commitments to, but... Yeah, unless there's anything else that you guys want to lead off with, uh, I just want to thank both of you for taking time out of your day to join me here on this uh, virtual interview. Maybe one day we'll be able to have a one of these in person, maybe ripping all four of the mics. But anybody listening or watching out there, please make sure to hit that subscribe or that follow button if you are new here. Make sure to pay your own dues by subscribing to the OnlyFans for exclusive access that visual podcast, OnlyFans.com slash pay your dues. And as usual, pay your dues and pound your brews. Not with the uh, perforated cans, though, because those aren't around. <laughs> hey, man, it was, a, it was a pleasure being on here. Thanks for bringing us on, man. We're definitely going to have to do this again. Yep, for sure. Thanks, Ash. Thanks, Adder. Thank you, See you guys later. Peace.